Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, episode 33. I'd already recorded last week's episode when the murders took place at El Paso and Dayton. I want to begin for praying for the souls of all those who lost their lives, including the shooter at Dayton. Bless them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. May the victim's souls and all the souls of the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. Now I want to talk about the shootings and the things the media and politicians refuse to acknowledge. All the usual suspects have come out of the woodwork to say all the usual things we've come to expect in such instances. But none, save one commentator, have said the most obvious thing that needs to be said. We'll talk about that when we return. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, is a welcome visitor to parishes across the United States every Sunday through his What We Believe, Why We Believe It bulletin inserts. Using humor, immutable truth, and ignoring political correctness, Joe Sixpack helps the average Catholic in the pew better know and understand our holy and ancient faith in a way that is refreshing, awe-inspiring, and makes readers chest-pounding proud to be Catholic. And readers love it. Now you can enjoy Joe's work by getting the best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It book series. In fact, get two copies of each book, one for yourself and one for your pastor. Then your priest can decide if he wants to help your fellow parishioners by subscribing to the What We Believe, Why We Believe It bulletin inserts. Get your copy of the best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It by Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo. All the liberals and some Republican rhinos are calling for every sort of gun control from the actual confiscation of guns to so-called red flag laws. They are all saying that we've got to protect our society from disturbed men such as the shooters. No one denies the shooters' mental distress that they were very disturbed, but no one is willing to acknowledge the actual cause of the problem and in that cause the solution. In 1963, the United States Supreme Court banned prayer in schools. For 66 years now, there's been a concerted effort to drive God from the public square. Leftists aren't content with silencing God. They actually want to destroy Him. The left says there's a constitutional wall of separation between church and state, and that means God and religion have no place in society. That ridiculous phrase about a constitutional wall of separation between church and state is a lie because it can't be found anywhere in the Constitution. Leftists got that phrase from a private letter written by Thomas Jefferson, and they isolated it so as to remove the phrase from its context, which is the typical dishonesty of the left. Jefferson didn't believe in a wall of separation as these people think of it, the only thing the First Amendment prohibits the state to do is establish its own state religion, the way France and England had done. In France, the official state religion was the Catholic Church, and in England, it was the Anglican Church. 
You weren't allowed to practice any other religion, and you'd suffer persecution if you did. What Jefferson believed, along with all our other founding fathers, was that we had to be dependent on God and religion if we were to survive as a nation. Jefferson said this, The reason that Christianity is the best friend of government is because Christianity is the only religion that changes the heart. In fact, John Adams went so far as to say this, The destiny of America is to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ to all men everywhere. And George Washington said, What students would learn in American schools above all is the religion of Jesus Christ. Do these founding fathers sound like men who thought God should be driven from the public square? Absolutely not. These common-sense men who were driven by Christian principles, natural law, logic, and right reason believed quite the opposite. They went so far in their beliefs that they thought America would fall without adherence to Christianity. In fact, James Madison said, The future and success of America is not in this Constitution, but in the laws of God upon which the Constitution is founded. The truth is that we've driven God out of our culture and society, so America is falling, and the shootings are just the most recent symptoms of the disease that's killing us. For half a century, God has been under attack here. Fifty years ago, 80% of Americans regularly attended church and practiced their religion. Today, only 20% of Americans attend church, and 4,000 churches a year close down in America. This should be no surprise to any of us. When God was removed from our society, something had to replace the vacuum left by his absence. It's interesting to note that exactly 20 years after the Supreme Court removed God from our schools, that very same Supreme Court introduced the legal murder of preborn children. Since then, a culture of life that's found in Christianity has been replaced by a culture of death in the secular state. Contraception is the culture of death. Abortion is the culture of death. Euthanasia is the culture of death. Physician-assisted suicide is the culture of death. Homosexuality, transgenderism, and pedophilia are all the culture of death. We've aborted and contracepted for so long now that America doesn't even produce enough children to replenish our population, much less enough people to care for our aging population. So the time's coming soon when our godless state will declare the mandatory extermination of the elderly soon after they retire. Can you see the hypocrisy of the left? They've given us no, they've forced on us a culture of death, yet cry about how we have to save lives with gun control so there won't be any more incidents like El Paso and Dayton. That's pure hypocrisy. No, they aren't interested in gun control to save lives. They're interested in gun control so they can grab more power. Everyone seems to be saying we need red flag laws, more thorough background checks, and registration. Most of the 2020 Democratic presidential candidates are calling for outright gun confiscation. They claim the answer to mass shootings is gun control, but Jefferson said quite the opposite. He said free men do not ask permission to bear arms. Does anybody think they didn't have mentally disturbed people when this nation was constitutionally founded 240 years ago? Does anybody think murder didn't exist then? Not one single gun control law on the books today or passed in the future can stop gun violence. It's not possible. The problem isn't guns and the need to control them. 
The problem isn't a problem with sick, deranged minds. The problem is a problem of the heart. The problem is that we've abandoned traditional Judeo-Christian morality. Even many of the 20% of Americans who attend church have abandoned traditional morality. In fact, to them, God is more of a concept than a reality. But whether you want to believe in God, hold him in your mind as a mere concept, or completely reject belief in his existence, moral absolutes still exist. They're found in natural law. They were founding fathers who didn't believe in God in the traditional sense, so they were out of sync with the thinking of the majority of Americans, but they all recognized the reality of natural law. The Declaration of Independence and the Constitution had natural law as their basis. So whether you face the reality of God and his moral law or face the reality of natural law, it really doesn't matter. What matters is that we have to return to the moral absolutes man has had to bind himself to since the dawn of time. On television and radio, all I've heard talked about for solutions to the violence is gun control. I've heard one commentator tell the truth about the actual solution. Only conservative commentator Mark Levin has made a rallying cry for Americans to return to Judeo-Christian morality. But even Levin fails to point out the most glaring reality about the Dayton shooter that everyone should be pointing out. Hey, I don't know, maybe everyone's worried about being called an extremist kook or superstitious. But it needs to be touted that the Dayton shooter was a Satanist. By the way, if you're listening to today's episode, Mark, I really want to thank you for telling millions of your listeners what needed to be said. Satan is the very definition of evil. Jesus told us that Satan was a murderer from the beginning, so it stands to reason that anyone who worships him is a murderer waiting to happen. Everyone in the world is bought into the lies of Satan. Few of us are disposed to become his worshipers, so he works more subtly on most of us. For example, I hear people say they're not opposed to homosexuality because the homosexual people they've known are nice people. That they're nice people may be true, but that's what everybody said about serial killer Ted Bundy, too. They may be nice, but they still hold to the culture of death. This is the sort of moral relativism Satan subtly leads us into. We see the moral relativism every day in ourselves and others. I see it every time I go to Mass in the way men dress down in total disrespect to the Eucharist. I see it in the immodestly seductive dress of women attending Mass, giving lustful temptations and scandal to the men. I see it in the completely undisciplined children whose parents want to be their kids' buddies rather than parents. I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you parents don't start being disciplinarian parents instead of your kid's buddy, life won't end well for your kids. If you don't discipline them now, I can promise you that a criminal court judge will do it later, and the discipline he hands out will be time in an institution of higher education called prison. Then your kids can learn to be really good criminals. We have to return to traditional morality in order to escape the demonic moral relativism that's destroying us. It won't just one day dawn on people that we've got to make this change. If they're ever to embark on the journey back to traditional morality, it's up to us, you and me, to teach them, to encourage them. I can't really help non-Catholics these days when it comes to morality, but I can help Catholics. At least 95% of Catholics are completely ignorant or almost completely ignorant of the Church's teachings. 
That means most of you have no earthly idea what's right and what's wrong, even though you're probably convinced you do. I'm sorry if that offends you, but it's true. But I can help you turn this truth around. We'll recommence our free weekly webinars on August the 25th. There'll be a link in my show notes that'll allow you to get a free email course about the faith and invitations to register for the webinars. Even if you can't attend a live event, sign up anyway. I'll be recording the webinars and people who register will be sent a link to the recording the next day. When you get your webinar invitation, forward it to other people you know after you register. Other people are likely to need the webinars even more than you. Now there's just one last thing to do. I believe the things in this episode need to be heard by as many people as possible. So get your friends and family to listen to this rather short episode. Protestant, Catholic, or atheist, it doesn't matter. This episode hasn't been exclusively Catholic. Tell your friends and family about it. Send them a link to this episode. Do whatever you need to do. We've got to restore the moral compass to as many people as we can while there's still time to do so. That's only going to happen by reaching out to one soul at a time. Hey, I want to talk to you a moment about some really hard realities Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, is facing. Don't worry, I'm not going to ask you for money, but I am asking for your help. Everything I do for Catholic lay people is free. I offer free answers to your Catholic questions on JoeSixpackAnswers.com, a free email course, free webinars, and the Cantankerous Catholic Podcast is free. I do this for you because I see each six-packer as my family, and taking care of one another is what family does. My concern, of course, is for your soul, to help you become a better Catholic and attain heaven. Until recently, I'd always been able to generate enough revenue to cover my monthly expenses, but costs on almost everything have gone up. You'll notice about three months ago, I began putting display ads for Catholic merchandise in the sidebar of the Cantankerous Catholic website on several pages. Those are Amazon ads, and I get a small commission when you click on those ads to shop at Amazon. Amazon is threatening to shut me down because they're not getting enough business through my ads. If I lose the ability to advertise for Amazon, I lose money to help pay for my ever-increasing costs, and that'll eventually cause me to give up Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. I try to change the ads every few weeks. Since Amazon is the world's largest retailer, I'm fairly certain you shop there. You may not be at all interested in the things I show you in those ads, but if you click one of the ads and buy anything else on Amazon, I still get a small commission on your purchases. So I'm asking you to do me a favor by clicking on one of those ads in the sidebar of the Cantankerous Catholic website the next time you need to shop on Amazon, rather than going directly to the Amazon site. Oh, and most of the books I recommend for each episode are also linked to Amazon, so I get a commission on them too. I don't recommend those books just for the commission. I really think you should read those books because I've either read them or know the author personally or by reputation. Please help me keep Joe Sixpack the Every Catholic Guide functioning by going to Amazon through the ads on my website. Thank you. Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top five Catholic news picks for this episode. Catholic news pick number five. 
Hats off to LifeSite News. Bishop Joseph Strickland of Tyler, Texas, spoke out on Twitter about how the Catholic Church's moral teaching on sexuality and the family has been broken and tainted of late, and he called for a return to the truth of that teaching by the Catholic laity and bishops. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 4 Hats off to LifeSite News. German Cardinal Reinhard Marx has suggested that the time is ripe for the laity, men, and women to preach homilies at Mass. That's not possible. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic Catholic News Pick pick Number 3 Hats off to LifeSite News. A pro-life physician known for videos setting the record straight on numerous medical aspects of the abortion debate is back with a new video, this time pushing back against the narrative that abortion pill reversal is some sort of fringe, unproven voodoo medicine. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic Catholic News Pick pick Number 2 Hats off to the blaze. A new South Dakota law went into effect in July mandating that public schools will carry the following motto on their walls, In God We Trust. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic Catholic News News Pick pick number one. Hats off to LifeSite News. Bishop Joseph Strickland of Tyler, Texas, praised Cardinal Gerhard Mueller's last statement on the forthcoming controversial Amazon Synod in remarks on social media over the weekend. Mueller had said, among other things, that no synod, pope, or council could make the ordination of women as bishop, priest, or deacon possible. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. Little Ann and her father were non-Catholics who were visiting New York City. Since Ann liked visiting different kinds of churches, they went into a Protestant church and admired the pipe organ, stained glass windows, and carved pulpit. Then they went into a Catholic church. The first thing Ann noticed was the little red sanctuary lamp. She asked her father, Daddy, what's that little red light for? Her father explained that it was a sign that Jesus was present in the church. But where is Jesus, she asked. Behind that small golden door you see on the altar. No wonder it feels so holy in this church. But does he ever come out of that little golden door? Yes, the priest takes him out every morning when the people come to Mass to receive him in Holy Communion. Can I receive Jesus, Daddy? Anne asked longingly. Oh no, you're not a Catholic. But let's go now, we've seen enough of this church. When they went to another Protestant church, the first thing Anne said was, Daddy, where's that little red light? She was disappointed as she begged, Daddy, let's go back to the church where Jesus lives. Anne's final words kept ringing in her father's ears until he finally made up his mind to become a Catholic because he wanted to belong to the church where Jesus is really and truly present under the appearances of bread and wine. Anne was baptized with her father. Later, her mother also became a Catholic. Years later, when Anne was a grown woman, her old father was dying. One of the last things he said to Anne was, Anne, thank you for leading me to the church where Jesus lives. 
At the Last Supper, Jesus changed the bread and wine into his body and blood, then gave his priests the power to do the same at Mass, so that we could have him with us always. In the tabernacle, Jesus is present under the appearances of bread and wine. Try to appreciate the fact that you belong to the church where Jesus lives. Visit him often. The sanctuary lamp invites you to speak to him in the tabernacle. There are 168 hours in a week. If you're too busy to spend just one of those hours to visit Jesus, well, you're just too busy. Hey, six-packers, that's all for this episode. I've enjoyed having you with me. Don't forget to like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter. The links are in my show notes. Also, remember to visit joesixpackanswers.com to sign up for my free email course. Each short lesson arrives in your inbox every three days. We also have the Cantankerous Catholic Social Media Group you can join to discuss anything about Catholicism, our country, or anything else on your mind. I visit the page every day. The link's also in my show notes. There are lots of other neat things of interest in my show notes, too. You can find them at cantankerouscatholic.com. And remember to live by the Joe Sixpack battle cry. Comfort and conviction don't live on the same block. This has been the Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.